it sounds like, well, let me not say what it sounds like. Did you, was there ever a period that you resented not having those models or, or for you, was it always, it's on me, I got to figure it out? Oh, I still resent it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I okay. do every day. Okay. Every day, brother. I resent it. I mean, you know, I resent it, but I also, I'm, I'm the figure it out person too, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, I try not to dwell in the woe is me for long, but I do resent it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did it, um, a, lot, a lot of women listen to this podcast as well. I guess the gain perspective on how we think of maybe the absence of a father or father figure in some in some area of their life. How did that impact the relationship? How your relationship developed with your wife, right? Like I'm, I'm pretty sure she probably had to have patience with some things as you <laughs> kind of like were figuring it out on the fly. Yeah, no, I mean she still has to have patience yeah. with it, right? You know, um, you know it's it's challenging at times because again I, I still hold stuff in. And I have a hard time communicating some of my expectations and needs. Um, um, I'm, I'm, and, and, I'm, and, I'm sorry. I'm smiling because that's how this podcast started. Like right. I, I, me, my frustration with myself is holding my kids accountable to expectations I never communicated. And now I'm mad yep. at them because they're not doing the thing that I never taught them. Yep. But that I knew at their age. Yep. I'm sorry. No, no, that's 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 uh, that's that's me in a nutshell. Welcome to the Dear Son podcast. This is a safe space where men share their fatherhood journey. These conversations are transparent and, more importantly, vulnerable. Now, because each fatherhood story is situationally nuanced, some topics are heavier than others. The commonality found amongst all the guests is a genuine desire to help and inspire other men through telling their story. And now, here's your host, Derek Johns. Derek Johns. Welcome to the Dear Son Show. We have conversations about fatherhood. It's for fathers, those with fathers, and the fatherless, and nobody's excluded. These are the conversations I would want my son to access as he matures through life, so no topics are off limits. Uh, these are our opinions. Uh, we don't suggest that we're always right, but the conversations are right on time. And today to have a conversation, I need a conversation counterpart. <laughs> today we have Brandon Bradley. Welcome to the Dear Son Show. How are you, my brother? I am doing well today. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, man, I, appreciate I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming, <laughs> man. So we uh, we talk dad here, but um, I, I like to get to know my guests in the process, right? So we, right. we we're... We're acquainted, you know, we've had some, uh, been to some events together, but we haven't really had a lot of time to talk, so I'm glad we can do it here. Mm-hmm. But let's help orient the people to to, to who you are. I think I hear an accent. Where, where are you from? So, technically, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. I was born there in uh, 81, so I'm just about to turn 41 this month. Um, but I grew up here in Texas, Uh out in West Texas, a small town called San Angelo. Okay. Moved from New Orleans when I was probably seven or eight. Well, back and forth from New Orleans when between the ages of six and ten. Okay. So, but finally, you know, around nine or ten, I stayed here in Texas and have been here ever since. I still have family in New Orleans. My um, my dad lives there. Um, his entire side of the family lives there. My mom side of the family ended up moving to Texas, um, probably in 96 or 97. So that side of the family lives here. Okay, cool, cool. You said your birthday is, uh, 
This month or next month? No, it's this month. This month, what? What's the 28th. Uh, almost a Virgo, man. I won't hold that against you. Wow, brother. Libra scale, man. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my birthday is, uh, at the time of this recording, it's a week from the day, on the 8th. Um, nice. So, um, we, we, I mean, I'll take September. September's good. There we go. It's, it's, it's a strong month. It's yes, a strong sir. month. So, you mentioned uh, your mother and your father. What was the family dynamic um, growing up? Did you have brothers and sisters, both parents in the house? How, yeah. How did that work out? Yeah. So, um, I have one older blood brother. Um, you know, same mother, same father. Uh, he's two years older than me. Um, my mom and dad were married for about 10 years. They actually got married in 1984 or five. So it was after myself and my brother were born. Okay. They ended up getting married and they ended up getting a divorce around 95, 96 or so. Officially divorced around that time. You and your brother... Did you say if you were older or younger? He's older. He's older. How much? Two years. Okay. Were y'all close? We weren't growing. We were we were as close as you know a brother. <laughs> you know, two two year apart brothers can can be yeah. fighting all the time, stuff like that. Obviously, obviously, as he gotten got older into high school and things of that nature, you know, he started doing a little different stuff. You know, got into different stuff than I was into. But then after college, I mean, after you know, we became adults. Me and my brother and I are pretty pretty close at this point. So. I never had an older brother. I got uh, not by blood anyway. I got you know uh, my group of guys that I call my brothers, but I'm always envious of of what that dynamic is to have that partner to, to rough up in the house. I had an older <laughs> sister by five years, and uh, you know we we didn't rough house or anything like that. But similar to your story, we only got close after we were both out of the house. Like right. when she went to college and came back, I realized that you know that she, that she had some utility in my life. I actually loved <laughs> Mister. What, what was what was the relationship like with your dad prior to your parents' uh, divorce? That's that's interesting. So my parents um, kind of went through a, you know, again, as I said, they got married maybe four or five years after you know I was born, which being the youngest. So I guess it was maybe about six or seven years after they met, you know, had my brother or whatnot. Um, you know, they they fought a lot. They broke up. Got back together, broke up, got back together, broke up, got back together a lot. Um, you know, and that's part of the reason why, you know, we split time between being in New Orleans and being in San Angelo those gotcha. first couple of years. Um, and then by the time we, you know, we ended up moving to San Angelo for good. You know, I think my parents may have been together another three or four years at that point. And it was it was it was it was it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> it was a rough couple of years. They fought a lot. Broke up a lot, um, you know. You know, you know. A couple mornings, you know, my dad would go to work, and my mom would say, "Hey, Brandon and Quentin, y'all ain't going to school because we're moving today." Wow. <laughs> so, so wow. you know, that's you know, those are kind of the dy- dynamics that we had in our household, kind of growing up until you know yeah. all that stuff. So, you say, I mean, you you say that. Um, I I know you're not laughing it off. You're, you're a jovial person. Yeah. In that moment, like, how do you process that as a, at whatever age? I mean, if, you, if, if that's, if you're living in the house where you're depending and, and your environment is the expectation that that's you, this is life, right? Right. Mom, dad, whatever, we live here today. Right. Then tomorrow you don't live there without any, any kind of warning. What, what did that, how does it impact you? Um, it was, it was a very impactful, um, for me, you know, I, Still, to this day, I hold a lot of stuff in. Mm. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of 
trouble expressing my emotions, right? Um, so kind of dealing with, you know, like seeing that environment and those kind of changes and whatever else is going on between them. Um, you know, it, 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 it impacted me in the, in the sense of just, you know, being able to express myself and, and really understand what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Def- definitely want to come back to that, but I kind of want to uh, try to progress through um, chronologically, yeah. you know, as much as, as much of your stories we can capture. So what, what was the, the most memorable time that happened? Or was there, I guess, was there a final time where that happened, where it's the we up and move, or was it the divorce was kind of, they were they had more time to plan it out and they, and they saw it mm-hmm. had more time to prepare yeah. in that regard yeah um so you know uh, you know I, I can go into several memorable times but um you know my my father you know he started uh selling selling um recreational <laughs> medicine. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> he started selling recreational medicine. He's an herbalist. Yeah. Okay. No, oh, definitely oh, was no, no, okay. no, 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 no. Oh, this right. is the this is the eighties, um, late eighties, oh. early nineties, brother. Okay. 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 <laughs> I wish it was her. Her herbalist was a. Uh, so uh, I'll gotcha. come. I'll come back to it. I remember one time my brother and I think I may have been like eleven. Well, I may have been like nine. And, and my brother goes, hey, I think mom and dad do uh, do drugs, right? Wow. Uh, I was like, ah, no, they don't. Uh, at that time, he was talking about uh, marijuana, you know. But, um, you know, still, it's like, no, nah, I don't know, they don't. Why are they buying it, buying it on the street? Right. <laughs> uh, so, but, um, you know, but to, to your point, I remember, you know, kind of the uh, moment that sticks out in my mind all the time is... Um, yeah, you know, again, my dad started selling, and he actually started using, um, also. And um, is this Louisiana? Or Texas? This is this is uh, in, in Texas. Okay. Um, so, and I, I'll go back to how we got to Louisiana to Texas uh, shortly. But um, he came home, and I remember him taking out a lot of money, right, um, and saying, "This is how much I made doing this." And my mom was like, "You know." They were fighting over it. Right? I don't remember all you know all the details, but I remember him taking out a lot of money about how much he's made and doing that. So right. it was a you know very you know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know. I don't remember the timeline, but I'm sure we moved there shortly afterwards. <laughs> what, what was yeah. it, um, how much do you know about either side of the family? Because it sounds like clearly your mother wasn't with it. Your yeah. father was. Did, did, was that? Was that something that he saw? Do you know? And, yeah. and like, what was the dynamic with your mother? Were they was it strong religious background, or just strict, or anything? Bro, yeah. we I am straight hood New Orleans, gotcha. born and bred, projects, all that. Like, you know, my my mom. So when we were in New Orleans, so I mean, and I'll give you that background here shortly. But so the reason why we moved to San Angelo, and I found this out from my father a couple of years ago, was because I actually found it out from my grandmother. My father was getting in a lot of trouble in New Orleans, uh, and my uncle was in the Air Force, and there's an Air Force base stationed in San Angelo. He got stationed there. My grandmother implored him, my my dad, to move to San Angelo to get away from whatever trouble he was getting into in in, in New Orleans. Gotcha. Um, but you know, you know when you know, but while we we're in New Orleans, man, we we're staying, you know, 
my at my mom's mom's house. We were in a shotgun house, maybe seven, eight hundred square feet. Eleven people living in that house. Ooh. You know what I mean? You know, my dad's side of the family. Yeah, they stayed in a duplex um, um, in one of the rougher neighborhoods in New Orleans. And uh, but you know, fortunately for us, my my grandmother's sister lived in the other side of the duplex, so we had a lot of family on that side. But you know, we would go back and forth from those two houses. From staying with my my mom's mom to my dad's mom yeah. to my mom's mom, then we we had a house at one point, and then we got that house. So, um, you know, we you know we it was you know you know my you know and just getting back to just my family dynamics, my family history, myself, my brother, and my mom are the only ones in my family, with the exception of my. That I mean, except for my brother's daughter, who's now twenty three, to graduate from high school. Wow! Right. So you know these. Yeah. You know, so you know I'm not. You know that. So we're just here now. Fortunately for my mom, my mom's a very strong willed person. You know when she moved to San Angelo, she didn't know how to drive. Um, she she was just you know she was a you know I remember times. Uh, hopefully my mom doesn't listen to this. My mom. Uh, left us on a bed once to go fight. <laughs> Sorry, mom, if you listen to yeah. me. So. <laughs> throwing hands. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so like, this is like my upbringing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, wow. How, how did that, how mm-hmm. did that, um, I guess, inform your, your personality at a young age? Were you disruptive in school? Were you more reserved? Like, what was your personality in that environment? Very, uh, I'm, I'm, Still a very reserved person. I'm, I'm probably lying about that, but <laughs> <laughs> but in school I was very reserved, okay. very shy. Um, you know, I was uh, fortunate enough to be uh, not to bragging, but I was a little smarter, or okay. I was able to pick up school school gotcha. better. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I had a lot of um, you know benefits. For myself personally, just because of my ability to pick up whatever was going on in school, gotcha. you know what I mean. Gotcha. So cool. So now, uh, your dad's pharmacy business wasn't um, <laughs> wasn't celebrated by your mom. Right. You know, ended up in in uh, in Texas. What was that shift like for you? Was it were the conditions extremely different? Was it one hood to another hood, or was Texas no Texas very was great. different? Okay. Texas best thing for us. Okay, the entire family. You know, and again, even my mom's side of the family that ended up moving there with you know with whatever struggles that we've gone through, but they're still better off for moving to Texas. But it's the best thing that ever happened to us because I can only imagine who or what I would have been if I would have continued to grow up in the environment I was in in New Orleans. Yeah. So yeah. you're still a family unit this time, right? Because your grand, your, your dad's father yeah. pushed y'all to move to yeah. get your dad out of that environment. Yeah. Did moving to Texas change anything about his behavior? Like, was, did he adjust well? Well, see, and again, I didn't know much about his behavior uh, in New Orleans because I was a okay. younger you know, kid. You know, I, I just know when he moved to San Angelo, that's when you know those, you know, that's when it, it got glaring to me what was yeah. going on and it wasn't even glaring you know i was still a naive child right um all i see is you know parents fighting a lot and stuff like that so so i don't know if it necessarily changed his 
you know, his perspectives. I mean, he, I know he had a full-time job at that point. Um, you know, he, my, my father was a, it's crazy. You remember the show rock, right? Mm-hmm. My, Charles my, yeah. My dad was a trash man. My mom was a nurse. Right. You know, except for that episode where the drug dealer came into the neighborhood, you know, my dad, unfortunately, became that drug dealer. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so narrative um, shift. Right. Right. So yeah. what was um, what was what was what was your dad like? Did you did, did y'all have many conversations? Was he a good communicator? Did you feel like you could talk to him? That's I still don't feel like I can talk to him. So, <laughs> you know, he's very, you know, I keep my conversation with my father today, high, very high level. Back then, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't remember any, uh, I don't remember a lot of conversations we had back then. Unf- you know, I don't. Yeah. Um, I know, I do remember uh, one time, uh, I remember us playing football together and it was me and him on the team and my brother and my dad and my brother and my mom on the same team. So that was, you know, your mom name. was with it. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I remember that. And then, uh, you know, my again, my dad, with him being a trash person, he used to um, go paint trash cans on the weekends, the, oh. the, the, the dumpsters. And he, I can't remember how much he used to get paid for painting those dumpsters. And occasionally he used to take myself and my brother mm-hmm. with him to go do that. And he, I think he'd pay us like five bucks or so for a trash can. I can't remember what the number was, but. He used to pay us a couple of dollars for a trash can that we helped them with, right. help, that we quote unquote helped them with. You know? <laughs> so, so as you're, um, why you say you said you don't, the conversation remains short. As mm-hmm. as you're maturing into adulthood, well, I guess through from from high school to college, is there anything, anything significant to highlight about the relationship during high school? Uh, let's talk about that. And if not, you know, as you're becoming a man, what kind of things um, did you feel like you were maybe lacking any yeah. information as you're trying to figure figure the world out? Because, um, because again, like my, my story is I was lacking the information because I didn't want it. Right. And my dad wasn't going to force it on me. Right. right. So even though the dynamic was different, lack of information is lack of information. Right. Right. So what what was the like your formative years? And you know, I, I consider yeah. high school a lot of change, a lot changed for me in high school. But what were those? Well, my, my dad went to jail in 94 or 95. You're 14. Yeah. Yeah. And let me think. 13 or 14. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. 12, 13, 14. Somewhere. I, I don't, again, I don't remember the exact year. So he went to jail uh, around that time for, I guess, six or seven years. Um, for, for his chemistry background? Correct. Okay. Cool. And whatever else he was, whatever else he was involved in. I don't know. But, um, and, and again, those dates in that time period may be skewed because I don't I don't really remember, but sure. I can tell you during my formative years, my dad, my my biological dad was gone. However, my mother ended up getting remarried um, to to a man um, who uh, who's you know, he's all right. You know, he's you know similar to my father, similar background. Um, he was in. You know, my, my father's uh, drug of choice was was a uh, crack. My um, you know stepfather's drug of choice was heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fortunately, you know he was not. You know, he's you know, you know. So, and again, I didn't see any of that with him either. You know, but you know, eventually he his path led back to the drugs. Eventually, so 
when you were asking about my brothers, I also have a younger stepbrother. Okay. Um, his son, uh, who, you know, who, even though my parents, you know, they've gotten a divorce way since, you know, us, he and I are still very, you know, good, cool. The, okay. the son, not the father. Yeah. We're very cool and keep that relationship. But, um, you know, so he was around for a lot of my, so Quentin, my brother was graduating or either junior or senior when he was, you know, when they got married or whatnot. And my own. Uh, so I guess I was maybe a ninth or, or a sophomore. Okay. Yeah. And personally, I don't, he, he was not very, that he was, he, he talked to us, you know, or at least tried. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was a little intimidated by us also. I remember one time he had a conversation, you know, you know, my brother and I, we, you know, we fortunately, neither one of us are like, you know, the hardcore thugs. Oh, you take my mama type stuff. Yeah. We not those guys. Right. Um, you know, he but he had the conversation with us saying, you know, you, it's hard to find a woman with teenage children. Who are who are not like not crazy, but I, that yeah. aren't going to that aren't trying to just buck up against you and all that crap. You know, that's you know, that's just not me or you're not even my brother right. uh, per se. Um so, but he was around during those years. He just wasn't very, you know, he didn't really help me with my growth, you yeah. know. So, did he, you know, did he think he didn't have a, um, a right to us? Not to, what, was it clear that he was the authority in the house when your mom remarried? No, 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 no. My mom's the authority. My mom's the authority. My mom's been the authority since, since ever since she got a divorce from my dad. Gotcha. She's the authority. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so as you're, as you're, um, as that's interesting because I don't want to jump too far ahead, but how, how does that impact? I'm a, no, I'm not going to jump there now. I, I'm, Put a mark in my in my brain. We go. We'll get to it. What what from high school to early adulthood? What was that path like? Did you go to college? Was military? What, yeah, what? yeah. So I, I went to college. Um, uh, I was I'm the first person in my family to go to college. Um, uh, get a degree and uh, ultimately in you know advanced degrees and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um. I wanted to, I didn't really have, so because of how I always carried myself, right, I, I stayed out of trouble. I kept it low key, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I can get into that later, the reason why I've always felt that way. But I, I stayed out of trouble. I kept it low key. I didn't, I don't really make a lot of crazy decisions. I don't put myself in a lot of crazy situations. Um, You're safe. I, I, yeah. Huh? You were safe. Yeah. I, I, I'm a safe person. Yeah. Right. Because I don't want to put, you know, I always felt like I'm on a thin line. Right. And if I fall off that line, who knows where I'm going to be. Right. right? So I try to stay on the line. Right. Yeah. So because of how I've always carried myself, I never really got a lot of it, at least to me. Maybe I, I did. I didn't get a lot of guidance, push back or push forward of how I I decided to move with my with my life. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I decided I wanted to go. I thought about going to the Air Force because the Air Force base was in, in, in San Angelo. We used to jump the fence to go play basketball there. My brother ended up going to the Navy. He got he didn't make it through boot camp. So it freaking freaked me out. I was like, well, if my brother can't make it, I definitely can't make it. So but again, I also had the the grades. Well, I didn't really have the grade. Well, I had the grades, but I had the opportunity to go to college. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I did not have. I'm not going to say unfortunately, because if if things would have happened differently, I wouldn't be where I am <laughs> in life. Um, but, you know, there was not a lot of. Junior year, you need to start working on this. So, you know, I don't think I applied for college until I don't think that well, one. I didn't take my SAT or no, SAT until two months before I graduated. And I'm one of the smarter black kids at the school, right. which is nuts. Right. Right. <laughs> So um, and then apply for the college that I ended up going to, um, you know, that that you know, the last two, three months of school and end up going to ETSA. OK, um, but college was, you know, generally uh, was great for me. Like it, um, you know, one of the things that happened for me in San Angelo. Right. Again, you know how our community works when someone is a little smarter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And also, there's not a, already not a lot of black people in general. Right. Yeah. But they, so that smarter person starts getting ostracized. Yep. And then, you know, then also lots some people in school knew about my background with my father. And I used to get made fun of about the crackheadness and stuff like that, too, which was really rough on me. Right. <laughs> but, um, um, so, you know, so in San Angelo, I felt like I was an outsider from all aspects because I'm in the classes with a lot of the white folks who are my outsider own, right? And then the black folks are looking at me like, well, he's still an outsider. So you're a smart guy. Right, right. Even though I'm, I'm a, I come from a situation similar or worse right. <laughs> than them, I just happened to have moved from because of one of those moves that I talked about, mm-hmm. you know, we lived in a black neighborhood. We ended up moving to the other side of town, which was more of the wider neighborhood mm-hmm. or whatnot. But now because I'm living over there and I'm a smarter kid, now I'm a base kid uh, because I live by the base and, right. you know, we're just so. So anyway, but getting to college really kind of helped mold me and also mold my sense of being black again. Right of being incorporated into the black, uh, you know, experience a little bit more. I, um, all of my friends in high school were black, yeah, but I still felt be- there was a distance between us. That's right? what I was going to ask. If you felt it in real time, but only yeah. in retrospect, did you realize that oh, I was out of the mix? Oh, no, no, no. It was in real time. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and when I get to college, I, I got I was able to understand that it's okay to be black and to be smart about business or doing this or doing that and continue to strive. You know what I mean? Yeah. I felt I started because I, I felt I, I met I met like people. And yeah. I tell I tell people, young people going to college, this you find your you find your tribe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I hate that we have to um, not, not that we have to, but in many aspects, we choose to negotiate. The two, right? Right. Black and successful, black right. and smart, black and articulate. Right. We're all that, right? And um, so that, that 
That that's really interesting. One thing you said that we can go back to, and I hope this is appropriate point to go back. You you were a safe person, and you said your demeanor was a certain way because of something. And we go back to it. Like why were you the the more reserved or just to save the 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 walk the line kind of kid? Um, again, I think it just goes to the point of me feeling like I have always, I feel like I'm always uh, a step away from going crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> because of like, I, so I, I, I like to, to I, I told a line because I don't want to go too far to the right, yeah. too far to the left, because I don't want to have something. I don't want to go off the rails myself. And yeah. I feel like I can easily do that if I allow myself. Is that because you hold so much in? Because you said that earlier too. Like even I think, I think so. you said to this day, you kind of I think so. You bottle stuff up. So what? Ha, being aware of it is a good thing. Um, have you taken any steps beyond being aware of it to kind of like how do you, how do you deal with it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, recently, I mean, over the last three or four years, I go, I go to counseling now. Okay, so, good, good. Um, you know, and honestly, it is just the opportunity for me to talk. Okay. <laughs> you know, so. Um, yeah, uh, part of the reason why I am generally get along with a lot of people is because I let people talk, right? And a lot of people just like to hear themselves talk. A lot of people. So, but the the problem with that is on my end is I don't I don't ever talk myself, right? Mm. Maybe I do. I've gotten a lot better at it like recently, but um, so, but making sure that I I'm able to have those those dialogue now yeah so so in those conversations is it more you taking on people's stuff they dumping on you or is it just the vanity and they just want you to hear how how excellent they are that's a little bit of both okay yeah and, and honestly man if someone has a conversation that a lot of people just want to hear themselves like i had a conversation with a good buddy of mine right um and on on, th- on tuesday night and he just wanted to talk about whatever the hell it was. Yeah. I, you know, he's not about to convince me one way or another. But you know what? Hey, now this guy's like, but you know what? I'm not into that stuff that you're asking me about, Brandon, but I'm going to do it just for you. <laughs> because like, but but again, that's the rapport that I've built by just letting this guy just, yeah. you know, talk or, you know, you know, at least being some type of a listening ear. Yeah. 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 Let's um let's step back to. Uh, you having a family. Let's get to the family aspect of mm-hmm. it. So the order of things. Uh, I guess number one, what is your family dynamic now? Um, household dynamics, number of kids, mm-hmm. spouse, all of that. What, what is that? Yeah, so I, I've been married to my wife for it's going on fourteen years this year. Um, Congrats! Thank you, thank you. Uh, she and I have probably been together for twenty years this year, wow. or maybe even longer than that. Uh, since um, I met her the first day of college, which is crazy, but we started dating in one. So that's almost like 21 years now. Yeah. So, um, but she and I have been married for 14 years. Um, we had our first child in 2013, Cameron. So he's eight. Mm-hmm. And um, our daughter, uh, a year and a half later, and she's six now. Okay. Yep. So as you're becoming... As you're becoming aware that you want to be a husband, right? Mm-hmm. You you want to date this woman. You want to be the man. You want to have a family. Like, what did you draw on for success principles um, to to 
to navigate that. That if the math is correct, that you had a space of time where you and your wife were dating, and then there was space of time where you were married without children, mm-hmm. which I think is very helpful. I mean, mm-hmm. I like to hear your perspective on that. But how did you? How did? What was the learning process on becoming on becoming a man? One on becoming a husband on becoming a father. Yeah, learn as you go at this point still. I mean, <laughs> to be honest. Sticks. Yeah, you know, I I um I mean that's that, that I think that's part of my challenge to do today, right? Um I am still trying to figure things out. Yeah. Cause I I um I don't I don't I don't have any significant conversations with anyone with the exception of other fathers that are in my same like sphere yeah. same age group you know what i'm saying same place or similar or you know just a few years above a few years below mm-hmm. um so just kind of learning from my my tribe to be honest with you um again my uh, we don't have a i didn't have a lot of positive male influences mm-hmm. growing up um so it's it's uh so it's tough for me to draw from from those those references, yeah. Um, my, my my grandfather passed last last year, first year of COVID, twenty twenty, and um, you know he he and my grandmother were married for about fifty years, but he was a very reserved guy. But however, I, you know I've started to draw on the way he's basically taking care of all of his kids <laughs> through even through their adult lives, right? But I never really had any significant conversations with him or anything of that nature. So that's just kind of a, a kind of a pie in the sky. Oh, look at what he did gotcha. at that age with all his kids. Um, um, but, you know, I, 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 again, most of my, my, my learning has been just from, you know, just references, trial and error. Yeah. Um, you know, also, you know, not wanting my kids to, you know, which also sometimes ends up being a, an issue for me because I'm very, um, con- not controlling, but um, overbearing sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Um, with how I um, how I I, I I approach with my children and things of that nature. Yeah. So, because uh, I want to make sure that they're getting all the things that I don't think I did receive, which, you know, you know, again, which is subjective, right? Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> did you, um, so, like, even as you frame it now, you, it sounds like, well, let me not say what it sounds like. Did you, was there ever a period that you resented not having those models or, or for you, was it always, it's on me. I got to figure it out. Oh, I still resent it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I okay. do every day. <laughs> Every day, brother, I resent it. I mean, you know, I resent it, but I also I'm I'm the figure it out person too, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, I try not to dwell in the woe is me for long, but I do resent it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How did it? Um, a lot a lot of women listen to this podcast as well. I guess to gain perspective on how we think of maybe the absence of a father or father figure. In some in some area of their life, how did that impact the relationship? How your relationship developed with your wife, right? Like I'm, I'm pretty sure she probably had to have patience with some things as you <laughs> kind of like were figuring it out on the fly. Yeah, no, I mean she still has to have patience yeah. with it, right? You know, um, you know it's it's challenging at times because again I I still hold stuff in and I have a hard time communicating 
some of my expectations and needs. Um, um, I'm, I'm, and, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I'm smiling because that's how this podcast started. Like right. I, I, me, my frustration with myself is holding my kids accountable to expectations I never communicated. And now I'm mad yep. at them because they're not doing the thing that I never taught them. Yep. But that I knew at their age. Yep. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, 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 uh, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Mm. Right. Holding it, holding people, you know, my, my wife, my kids. Uh, I mean, and, and to be honest with you, they're the, probably the, the biggest recipients of that. Mm-hmm. Cause honestly, everybody outside of that, I, I understand that. This is about to sound bad, but they're with the exception of like my mom and my brother, but they're replaceable. <laughs> that, that was one of the words that I, I was like, what is he going to say? They're expendable. Or, yeah, yeah. They're expendable yeah, yeah. or replaceable. And, and it's a show to them. Right. right? It's not. The, it's, it's weird that we dump on the people that we trust and love the most right. that mean the most to us. I guess partially that's a that's a, a sign of vulnerability with them. Right. But not being able to articulate it, it comes out all bad for me yep. a lot of times. Yep. That, that's me. That's mm-hmm. me. So what what do you, what is some of your um like immediate concerns with how it impacts your children? Because again, this is why this podcast is about holding me accountable. It's yeah. about sharing information too, but it's like my son was coming to the age that I was when I didn't want nothing to do with my father. Right. And it wasn't because I had a bad father, it's just because I thought I knew more, I didn't like his rules and all that. Yeah. And it it's almost like that that paralyzing fear that, okay, if I do this, do I push him away? Right. If I actually give him the information that he needs, that how's he gonna feel about it? Like I was in my head about a lot of that. And I'm not saying that's your story, but how does it um like what what are you consciously aware of and how you parent that you gotta be super mind I gotta be super mm-hmm. mindful of this? My let me tell you, my biggest fear is that I'm gonna do irrepar- irreparable damage to my children. Mm-hmm. Um so I try to, you know, because I I I want well, I yell too much. <laughs> like way too much, um, you know, a, a little bit overbearing sometimes going back to what I was saying about me being safe, trying not to make mistakes and stuff like that. Sometimes I don't give them enough chances with mistakes, you know, um, especially with especially given their age. Right. Yeah. Um, so but, you know, I could tell you, like, you know, sometimes when, like my daughter, she's just in her own world at times, you know, and, you know, even when I'm yelling at her, most of the time she still doesn't care. But there's times where I yell at her and she's like she takes it to heart. Yeah. Like my son, I, you know, you know, he. You know, yelling at him is I'm, I'm trying to stop it as much because I can see because my son wants to, you know, he just wants to hang out with me. Wow. He just wants to be around me like. You know, and, you know, he just wants to make sure I'm fine and stuff like that. So I don't want one. I don't want him to have to hold that burden. Yeah. Two. Um, and I don't want him to, again, become resentful of, of it or resentful of me because of whatever. You know, so were, were you that kid? Did you want to hang out with your father? Uh, I don't know, man. That's a good question. I don't know. I yeah. don't know the answer. I, I know we didn't. So right, right, right. Because I'm, I'm wondering how how it is. Because similar to me, like I didn't want to hang out with my dad, but my son now, it's like dad, you going to the studio? Dad, you doing this? Can you like he's? I see him trying to find more common interest with me 
than oftentimes I do with him. Because mm-hmm. I think, oh, he just wants to send his room to play the game. He's like, well, no, you never came and said, let's go bowling. Right. I would like to do that. How, how do you how do you process that? Um, that he always wants to be around you when maybe that wasn't the case. Like, how do you, is it weird for you? Yeah, sometimes it is. Sometimes I'm like, hey, go, go sit down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I spend a lot of time with my children. Yeah. I, mean, I spend a ton of time. I mean, I, you know, yeah, I make sure to do homework with them and read with them. You know, I, you know, my son's starting to get into basketball, gotcha. um, practicing with him again, which he adores, like us practicing together. Yeah. He likes playing video games, right? You know, and, and he just like I'm not even that good anymore, which but he still just wants to play with me. You know right. what I mean? Um, you know, same, you know, same with my daughter. I mean, just spending time with her in general. Like tonight, um, you know, gonna go out and, uh, and hang out with some buddies. I mean, you <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> potentially, you know, if I get my my, 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 late, my last one done, I'm gonna be out there. Yeah, potentially, but I'm like, okay, well, she has her dance, her gymnastics class. I got to make sure to get back for, so I can see that. So I and I spend a lot of time with my kids, um, uh, but again, sometimes I, you know, you know, when I'm into my head, right, it's I start, you know, like get away from me, leave yeah. me alone, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I, something I don't want to miss, um, I don't want the audience to miss, is that uh, be aware of the signs when your kids want to be around you, right? Because sometimes, like for me, I see it through such a lens of me not wanting to be that. Uh-huh. I assume that he doesn't, like, or any of my children. Right. It's focus on my son because that that's where, like, I had daughters first, right? Right. So I, I had to be softer, right? I can't, I can't put my hands on my. I just. I said it before, and I'm saying it again. I don't want to demonstrate that physical adjustment is a way to get them to act right. Right. As a man. Right. Right. Especially the first man that they trust. And then, like, how do they, can they compartmentalize that? Oh, it was just my dad was supposed to do this. And any other man, you know, yeah. is not, I, I never want to be that. And plus, I could look at my daughters and they'll cry. Like, if they see the disappointment on yeah. my face, it's like, and then I can, really can't do anything. But my son, like, I kind of, I struggle with like tough, right? And I didn't I didn't come from I didn't come from projects, I didn't come from the hood. I put myself in some situations where, you know, we do what you gotta do. But how much street smarts do I need my son to have? We're not in the streets. Right. Like, I'm not in the streets now. Like right. I, I, but I want him to be aware and recognize because my, my pet peeve is that my kids walk around not aware of the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Like what do you, yeah. how do you not see what's going on, but you're not trained? And how, how do you get the experience without the experience, right? right. So I I, I I I struggle with that, but but parents don't don't miss don't miss the signs that kids want to be around you, whether they're saying it, you know, demonstrating it with their actions or yeah. just their looks. I, I think that's really important. That, I think that can crush a kid because if that happens unaddressed, it may happen way more frequently than you're aware of it, right? But they're aware of it. Yeah, and it's it, that's that irreparable uh, damage that you were that you were referencing. Um, that's actually a, that's actually a really good point, and and, and something that I, I I'm gonna take to heart to be honest with you because you, you're right. You know, you're not aware of it, right? Yeah. But those are things that are gonna be that's those are stacked and stored in their memory banks, right? Stacked and stored, and then all of a sudden it comes out one yeah. day, compounding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, one. Uh, uh, I know. <laughs> no, you asking the question, but one of the no, things you said. 
one of the things you just said was um, the street smarts aspect of it, right? Mm-hmm. And I had a conversation with my brother. My brother has um, my brother has a twenty three year old daughter, and then he has a nine year old son. Mm-hmm. So him, his son, and my son are a year apart. Okay, and you know we we have this conversation about here's the reality, bro. Like our kids are suburban kids, right? Right, <laughs> like even though we grew up this way, like our children are suburban kids, man. Like so, yes, we definitely don't want them to be unaware of their surroundings, right? And honestly, maybe it's too even early for the like at least on my children's side, you know, our kids with them being nine and eight, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's too early for them to be fully aware of these surroundings. To be, you know yeah. what I mean? Was I aware of those surroundings at that age? Yes. <laughs> but maybe it is. So we have to take, you know, we have to make sure that we're understanding the environment that we are putting them in Correct. and having them grow up in. Right. Because they're not growing up the same way. Yeah. You know, my kid can't go down the street right now without me watching them. And, you know, when I was young, I'm Bye, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> what yeah. time do I have to be back? Right. So, yeah. yeah. And and then with, with with COVID taking away a couple of years of them of their maturing and interacting with each other, like I see it, I see it now. We go to a game. Uh, we went to a game, and my my he. Well, I'm putting you out this one. <laughs> we went to to a high school game, and um, a couple of his friends was walking around, and they stopped. They was like, "Yo," he was like, "Nah." Like I'm, I'm not leaving. Like he was sitting on the same road with me, and I was just like, "Hmm, I wanted my parents to drop me off a block from the game. <laughs> like you won't even see me with it." So it's, I wonder how much of it is, like he really values time around me, or is it, um, like just lack of maturing or or nervous in in social environments. Um, as we start to wind down, I, I want to make sure that this. I don't think it comes across as doom and gloom, but I want to talk about some of the positives, man. What's your, uh, I put a dad tag out on IG and asked a few questions. And one of them was, um, what is your biggest flex as a father? What do you do? Well, like, what do you, I, I, this is, I do this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, spending time with my kids that I I spend a ton of time with my kids, man. And they, they know it, man. Like, you know, I, again, being, you know, the, I, you know, I'm reading with them, you know, I'm playing basketball with them, you know, I'm dancing with them, you know, and I, I, I smile a lot, man. You yeah. know, um, you don't look like what you've been through. Huh? Said so you don't look like what you've been through. I, I hide it well <laughs> or mask it, you know, yeah. um, but, you know, I smile a lot. I, you know, and again, just, I just spend a lot of time with them, man. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, my wife was in school for about three years in the last. You know, my my wife just got her PhD. Dope. Congratulations. Um, she graduated last August, so you know that was very time intensive for her. Mm-hmm. So during that time, man, I, I I really got to you know some there was some bad in there, but there was also some good in there, and just the opportunity, a lot of good in there. Just the amount of time I got to hang out and spend with my children. Yeah, you know. So I, um, yeah, and, and again, I continue to do that, you know, just the time and making sure that I'm there for them. And, you know, again, my uh, I, I'm working on being able to listen when they're talking 
Mm. <laughs> I get that. Um, it's very easy to dismiss kids. It is. Um, again, when, when you're when they're asking for your attention and and you fully intend to give them attention, just not when they ask for it and yeah. how demoralizing that can be for them. Yeah. So I, I know I got to be more aware of that because, like, if I'm if I'm working on my computer and my my youngest daughter is the one that's mainly up under me is the one that's always going to come check on me. Mm-hmm. Like my older ones. So I got 19, 16, 15, nine and seven right now. Two oldest are girls, my son. And then the daughter that I'm talking about is nine. And my youngest son is, uh, is seven. But she, even at nine years old, she cares so much about how people around her are doing. And she, and she internalizes it. So I got to be aware when she comes in the room and I'm, literally mm-hmm. engaged in something that needs all my attention that I don't just kind of shoo her off or shoo away. Uh, so that's, that's, that's definitely something I got to, I got to work on too. Um, wh- what do you want your kids to remember about you? Not that you're going anywhere anytime. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, honestly that I love them. And, 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 you know, I, my intentions for them are just to grow and be healthy yeah. and, and honestly do whatever makes them feel happy you know, and that I'm going to support it. So that, I think, I don't know if that's new with our generation or just new in, in, in my family, the generation I'm in in my family is that um, two things can be true. You can love what you do and you can be really successful and it can be very lucrative, right? right. And, and that's something that my kids are seeing in real time as, as my journey is changing. Um, as we were uh, probably talked about before at yep. one of those events, but kind of rehashing before we started recording. My last day in my corporate job is at the time of this recording is actually four weeks. Well, four weeks and a couple of days. And it's um, like, that's been my identity for a long time. And it's a struggle for me. Like it's, I got to a level that many don't see. And I got there earlier than many of my, my peers were in that space. And it's not the brag, it's, it's the point of reference. It's mm-hmm. all God. But to go from that to um, my new life now where I have to create the opportunities, mm-hmm. right? And I got to seize them, entrepreneurship. It's important for me, for my kids to see that no matter what the outcome is, because I want them to know that um, it's all possible and it's all worth it. You know, if you do the right, if you do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, do your kids understand their privilege? No. Yeah, well, you, you said eight, nine. That's kind of, no, it's kind of, nah, no, no, they, they, they 100% don't. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. You know, they don't understand that, you know, you know eating noodle, eating ramen was a luxury, not, a, <laughs> not for us. You know gotcha. what I mean? So, um, no, nah, they don't understand it. Gotcha. What do you do about that? Oh, uh, man. I, 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 don't, and I don't even know, I don't know if there's an answer. <laughs> right. Because I, I, I struggle with it. The whole, and again, like I said, I didn't come out with the projects, but the whole, like get out the mud. I got it from the bottom. Like, why do we resetting the bottom mm-hmm. for the next generation or make that the expectation? Right. Not that you're saying it, but just like that's something I struggle with in, in our community is get get it how I got it. No, yeah. you got it. You're you're a stepping stone. You're the block. You're yeah. the foundation for. No, no. I mean, so one, I'm going to clarify. I never actually lived in the projects. Okay. The round okay. project. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> I don't want to misrepresent myself. Sure, sure. Um. Uh, but uh, to your point, I mean, but why does it have to be a struggle for them? Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be. Granted, they're going to 
everybody's going to go through their own trials and tribulations with whatever they do. Yep. Right. So our job as parents is to set our children up because nobody else does that. You know what I'm saying? Like no other racial group does that. Our jobs as parents is to set, set a foundation for our kids and then they can figure out where they're going from there. But the foundation doesn't have to be the bottom. Yeah, dig it, dig it out again. Right. You don't have to dig it out again. The foundation can be, you know, three steps above above the poor foundation now, right? So that and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, because eventually that you know, the children are gonna figure it out. You know which way they're going to go, anyways, and they're going to go through whatever uh, trials and tribulations that they, that come with their right. with their their own their story. Yeah. But you we know, don't have to give them hours. Yeah, yeah, we don't. You know, and, you know, and and again, that's also a struggle for us. You know, and and, and I know I know we're uh, winding down here, but like my our generation, you know, and there's uh, our generation unfortunately had the crack error as the foundation mm-hmm. right and I'll, I'll say this it did it did irre, irrepair well it did irreparable damage to our our community Absolutely. and now the generation of fathers after that granted some of them still have their struggles and things of that nature they're trying to fix the damage that happened between their and them and their fathers, right? You know, whether it was jail, the drugs, yep. uh, or whatever the case may be, there's a lot the fathers you know, of the late 70s, early 80s, and early 90s were, there's far, there's a lot of them that were just gone for whatever reason. So our generation is trying to fix that. You know, I, I, I don't know any black fathers my age that aren't in their children's lives somehow, mm-hmm. you know, and, and aren't act like. And, and when I say just because you're given your, you know, was a child support. Mm-hmm. No, these most fathers of my age group are active in it, whether they're with their the, 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 the mother's child, well, you know, child's, mother, child's yeah. mother or not. They're active. So they're trying to fix that that level of you know fatherhood. Yeah. You know, um, even my friends that are, let's say, you know, you know, some of my friends who are Nigerian, for example, and their fathers were around, right? But again, they have that that relationship. Some of them have that relationship where their father was a little, you know, he was there, but they didn't have you know that active dynamic with yeah. their dad. But those parents, even them. They're very active into their children's lives, yeah. taking their kids to, uh, well, you know, you know, yeah. their dad ain't taking you to no, no party, no, no kids birthday party. Right. I, that's that's <laughs> man. So all right, here's what we're going to do. Right. Um, I'll admit the last the last tangent I went on was really setting you up because it's part of a bigger conversation that we're going to have as a group of men, uh-huh. right? So we'll, we'll come back and revisit all of these things because if I say what I'm thinking, we're going to go another 30 minutes. So, <laughs> so I, I, I'll, um, I'll, I'll pause it here, but um, look forward to the future conversation or no matter, depending on how you, what sequence you're watching this in, um, 
you'll you'll see you'll see Brandon again in another setting uh, if he's willing uh, to to be part of this uh, this conversation. I think this has been. And I think this has been a great conversation for me, just a dialogue. I know for those that don't know, there, there's no real prep work, right? And maybe that reflects <laughs> in the way how the episodes come out. But I, I know I know how it resonates and I know with whom it resonates. And that's intentional because I am actually trying to learn as a father too. So whether you're older than me, younger than me, our experiences are different. And there's something that I can glean, glean from conversation that helps me either think different or adjust something. So that's that's why the conversations are the way they are. But this one, I think, I know I've gotten some very um, specific um, things that I need to work on, uh, especially like the whole di- being dismissive, right? Yelling isn't my thing. Yelling is on my wife's side of the family. Like they're just a louder family. My family was very reserved, right? And that's what I was interested in and how, that, how you became that person. Um, but just in, in, in ensuring that we're looking at the activity of the kids, what, whether it's what they're saying, you, you know, what um, characteristics they're demonstrating or that, their behavior when they're saying that they want to be around us and let's not, you know, take it for granted. Um, if the people want to reach you, are you open to that? And if so, how can they how can they reach you? You have Instagram, Facebook, anything like that? Yeah. yeah. Feel free to reach out, man. I'm always an open book, man. Um, um I'm on Instagram, but I got to figure out my. It'll be below. (laughs) (laughs) It'll it'll be in the description. uh, Description below, man. I I definitely, I definitely appreciate your time. Um, So, so we'll 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 wrap here. Look forward to having you back. Uh, Let me address my listeners, my listening audience. um, If you made it this far, you should had several comments, right? Especially if you're on YouTube. If you're listening to this on audio platform, please make sure that you are following rating the podcast where possible. It helps whether you think it does or not. Don't just listen to keep it to yourself. Share it with a friend uh, or somebody that you hate that might get something from it. Um, I think that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. Saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options. In stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.